You're listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. So what will be the most outstanding aspect of the new heaven and new earth is the tabernacling of the Lord. His presence wherever we go. We will physically be able to hug Him. He can physically embrace us. You will see your loved ones that have gone before you. You'll be together forever with them. Today, Pastor Steve continues his series on the book of Revelation. At The Road, our vision is to raise up wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information on The Road, visit theroad.org. We hope you are encouraged by today's message from Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. All right, Revelation 21. As you remember, when we were in chapter 20 a few weeks ago, I've been gone a while, we, we saw that the earth and heaven were fading away. Chapter 20 talks about it fading away. And remember, there were no chapter titles when he wrote the book. And so this, this is contiguous. That chapter 20 is not a chapter 20. And then he took a breath, took a breath of, of air and, and then had another vision. This is all this continuous apocalypse. This, this continuous revelation given to John. So we start at verse 1. And it says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. And there is no more sea. Men and women, it's not that there's a heaven and an earth that we aren't a part of yet. It's that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. God's going to recreate. This is what Peter says. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And then Isaiah writes this, For behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or even come to mind. So it appears, and it's hard for us to understand, but it appears that we're not even going to, I mean, it's just going to be a vague memory of our time on earth. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and it's not clouds, and it's not uh, harps and halos. Now, some people who do harps will be digging harps. And those who do electric guitars will do electric guitars. I mean, and those who like to fly fish will fly fish. But I know this, it's not what we think it is. It's a new heaven and a new earth. And the hydro system is going to be totally different. The carbon system is going to be totally different. We're not going to be blood driven anymore. We're going to be spirit driven. Does that make sense? So when Jesus rose from the grave, he could pass through walls. That's pretty cool. So all of you that like the superhero movies, I mean, that's really popular right now. You're going to kind of have that. I mean, you're going to have this superhero body. You're going to be able to pass through walls and yet hug. I mean, Thomas and Mary touched Jesus He was not in a blood system anymore, it appears. Almost like a spirit system. We're going to be empowered through and through by the Holy Spirit. So remind yourself of that. When it's a really bad day. When when you're trying to do your push-ups. Or you're trying to just take a walk. I don't know, everybody's different. I'm trying to get to the fridge. 
There's a day coming. You'll get to the fridge and you won't even have to catch your breath. You'll be able to do push-ups ad nauseum. You'll be in the Guinness Book of, of Heavenly Records if you want to be. Because you're going to be, you're going to be empowered by the Spirit. Isn't that cool? A spirit system, a new heaven, a new earth. Then I, John, saw the holy city. Now, I've ever read a hoxymoron, that's it. A holy city? There's going to be an inner city that's going to be holy. Believe it or not. New Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. I've done a lot of weddings and I've never had a bride in curlers. Can you imagine you're the groom and you're coming down and there she is. Come on, baby. And she's got some curlers and she's still putting on the makeup. Now this, where is he? Where is the groom? You know, oh, he went out there. He's gone. He's out of here. You know, but... This is a beautiful bride, and it's a new Jerusalem. It's a holy city. You know, that's in God's heart is a holy city. God wants Colorado Springs as much as we can here on earth to make it a holy city. He wants Chicago to be a holy city. He wants New York to be a holy city. And he's planting churches all over the place. Tim Keller's church and others like that in New York. It's amazing what God's doing. Our vision is to plant churches out of the road because we want a holy city. There'll never be a holy city. But we're going after there's going to be a holy city. We're, we're called to take the gospel and the good news of Christ with our Springs Initiative right now. That's what we're doing. Over 100 of you guys came out several weeks ago and we painted houses. And we did, we do four houses, bro. We did four houses in about four hours. Maybe a little more than four hours. <laughs> and then in August, the last week of August, we're doing it again. You should join us. Because we're here to make an impact with the goodness and the love of Christ as best we can. And there is a new Jerusalem coming down upon the earth. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, and this is the last time this shout, this loud voice is heard in the Bible. This is the last time it's ever mentioned in the Bible. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. The presence of God. The tabernacle of God is with men. So what will be the most outstanding aspect of the new heaven and new earth is the tabernacling of the Lord. His presence wherever we go. We will physically be able to hug him. He can physically embrace us. You will see your loved ones that have gone before you. You'll be together forever with them. I just find it so noteworthy in verse 4. Look at verse 4. This is what John says is the hallmark of heaven. 
He will wipe away every tear. Wow. Scriptures say that that our tears are held. That he that he has our tears. It breaks God's heart when you are broken. That's why Jesus said, my mission, my calling on this earth is, first thing he says is to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to heal the brokenhearted church. And some of you have been really broken in this life. By boyfriends, by girlfriends, by husbands and wives, by your mom and dad, through a boss. Every one of us carry scars of pain. And, and some of us have wept and wept until there was no more tears left. And he says of heaven, I'm going to wipe away all the tears. I've, I've got a record of your tears. I'm going to wipe away your tears because I love you. I'm going to heal you through and through. No more crying. No more death and no more sorrow. John is writing this apocalypse on the island of Patmos. But before that, in his epistle to the churches, he wrote in John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt. That's the word tabernacle. And dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth you know what this is this is have, how many of you have ever said to yourself oh if i had just been there when christ was on the earth if i could have just touched him if i could have just walked with him if i could have seen him you will he, he tabernacled with men for 33 years. He will tabernacle with us. He will, he will dwell among us for eternity, forever. And all that his time on earth was, was a foretaste of what we'll get to experience every day, all the time. And I, don't even, I even hesitate to say every day because there's not going to be a sun and a moon. So I don't even know how days. It's just like a, it's continuing in the presence of God. In his presence is fullness forever. And that fullness will be that glory that we, again, we long for at times, especially when we're crying. Man, don't you wish life was a, was a whole lot easier? Has anybody figured out that making money is not easy? Has anybody figured out that, that edu- getting a good education is not easy? That, that the hard work of staying maybe in shape is not easy? Here's what's not easy. People. <laughs> Life would be a whole lot easier if there were no people. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're communal. You see, when you read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, it's us, us, us creating the heavens and earth because it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because fellowship and community started with God. So we need each other. You are unfulfilled. You are unfulfilled if you do not have 
growing, vital, dynamic, personal relationships with people. And I don't care how much we've been hurt, how much we've been betrayed, how much we've been ripped off. And if you haven't been betrayed and ripped off yet, it's coming. I promise you. But as we forgive, I mean, that's the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is all about relationships. The whole Sermon on the Mount is how you handle relationships. And so, and so coming into that relationship with each other is only a foretaste of all these, of all these saints that we're going to be hanging out with. And if you like sushi, I believe from the latest count, Japanese are coming to know the Lord too. There's going to be sushi up there. If you like tacos, if you like enchiladas, if you like Costa Rican food, if you like African food, it's all going to be there and it doesn't cost you a dime. Because God loves the nations. Philippians, Paul writes, God will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So we're going to have that same glorious body that Jesus had. So what body? Which one? I think it's, I'll just give you my personal opinion. Can't support it with scripture. 30 years old. You're going to have a 30 year old body. Okay. That's what I think. The priest could not become a priest in the Old Testament till they were 30. Jesus didn't start his public ministry and went public with his body until he was 30. David became king at 30. And I think Adam and Eve were created at 30. That's what I think. <laughs> I know that's weird and it's okay. But you're going to have a 30-year-old body. Because here's what it says. See, I can support it with Scripture. He says, God will transform our lowly body that may be conformed to his glorious body. So it might be 33. Verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. That's such good news. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. It's interesting that God wants John to get this down. Remember, men and women, this is probably during the time of one of the great persecutions in Rome under Nero. Nero probably has given orders that have sent John out to the island of Patmos where he's exiled right now when he, when he has the vision. And God wants the church to know, look, this is where we're going with this thing. Encourage yourself. I want this letter to go out to the seven churches. All things are going to be made new because the people who are reading this were having their homes pillaged. That the leaders of the church that were reading this were going to probably line up and go into the Colosseum and be devoured by lions. Say, look, this life is hard. It's difficult. It's full of persecution. It's full of heartache. It's full of tears. There's a day coming. There's a place being designed for you that is going to make all things new. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the river of life freely to him who thirst, to him who thirst, to him who thirst. 
He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Or he shall be my daughter. Church, he's reminding us that the river of life is for those who thirst. That there's a river even in heaven for the thirsty. Are you thirsty these days? Are you thirsty for Christ? You can have as much of Jesus as you want. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. He's there. He's a fountain. He's a spring of living water. My granddaddy's old ranch in South Carolina, he had springs that were all over the, the, the ranch. And he would build ponds and catch that water. And then he would have a dam. And then he would have that overflow from that pond going to the next pond. And he had all these contiguous ponds. Just boom, 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 boom. Because of one spring. One spring would feed them all. And they were flourishing with fish. And flourishing with with animals and wildlife. Because of that spring. And so men and women when we drink from the spring. It opens up our minds. It opens up our hearts. It opens up our emotions. It opens up our spirit. And what happens in our Christian life is we get dull. We get bored. Because we're not drinking from the river anymore. And if my little 40-minute message out of 168 hours a week is the only time you're in the Word and the only time you're worshiping, I guarantee you that your Christian life is boring and dull. But men and women, he says here, drink, you drink. We can drink every day. We can drink as often as we desire to passionately go after God through his word and through his spirit. He fills us up and it enlightens our mind and enlightens our heart and enlightens our vision. Because this is what we were created for. It's the fire in the belly. It's the, it's the fire in the stove. Well, I don't feel very fired up these days, Pastor Steve. I can't help you. It's really up to you to go after the fire. To open the word. Get up in the morning and read God's word. Say, God, light a fire. I want to love you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I can't do it. That's the first first great revelation of the Christian life. You can't do it. I can't do it. But Lord, fill me with your spirit. I'm going to drink from you. I'm going to put on the worship music. By the way, my library, my worship library really stinks. Because I can't keep up. I can't keep up with the worship music that's coming out. It is out of Bethel, out of IHOP, out of Australia. I mean, Chris Tomlin, all those guys. So I just YouTube it. And it's free. And I'm a cheapskate. And so, and so I YouTube it. I put in YouTube. I put in a particular guy. I'll put in whatever. It's different every day. And then put on the earphones wherever I'm at. It can be on your phone or whatever. You can YouTube anything as long as you got, you know, connection, which is interesting in Black Forest. But, um, you, you know, you do, I'm sitting there worshiping. And, and then I look down. It's going, mm, 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 But you can worship as much as you desire. No limitations. Back in the early days when I was in college, I had a hymnal. Because everything was hymns back then. There was, there was really, I mean, there was Calvary Chapel. Some of us were, there was a little bit coming out of California. But there really wasn't much uh, really happening. But now it's just amazing what's out there to, to engage in worship. 
And then to open the word and to read, oh God, make this true in my life. Make it a dialogue with the Holy Spirit. That's what fellowship or communion with the Holy Spirit is. Communion with the Holy Spirit, New American Standard. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit, New King James. But to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit is up to us. And we're being reminded of what it'll be like. It's a river. That's how you become an overcomer. Put verses 6 and 7 together. As we are thirsting and drinking from the fountain of the water of life, we overcome. Well, I can't overcome. I don't know. I don't know what to do about this thing at work. Are you drinking from the river of life so you can become an overcomer? Are you going to let the boss at your job dictate the happiness of your life? Please give me a break. Who is he or who is she? You drink from the river of life and you'll become an overcomer. Finances aren't good. Well, what are you going to do? Take out another loan? Go in debt? Call for bankruptcy? Or are you going to become an overcomer? We drink from the river of life and that's in God's word. That's seeking God. That's going after him. You become an overcomer because the spirit starts to do it through you. I don't understand how to do that. Well, just start with PB&J, Prayer Bible Journal, every day. That's pretty good news. Can I hear one amen? All right, good. Okay. Verse 8. But the cowardly, and I find it interesting, he's going to talk about all these different sins, but the first one he starts off is being a coward. Woo! But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now I want you to look with me. Look at verse 27. But there shall be, be by no means enter into anything that defiles or causes an abomination or of a lie. Then go to chapter 22, if you have your Bibles with you. Chapter 22, verse 15, it says, Outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Now, I don't know that I've ever talked a ton about this, but it seems like in God's mind... That lying is on the same level as sexual immorality. That's pretty heavy duty, folks. If you are a liar, you regularly lie, you're on the same level of being sexually immoral. Quit lying. Not a good idea. If we practice lying, you might not be saved. If you're practicing immorality, you might not be saved. I mean, that's between you and God. But I can tell you right now, this is, I don't want to go there. Does anybody want to go there? I mean, I'm from Georgia. I'm not very smart, but I figured out a few things. And it says it's fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And it seems as though because we've been given eternity in our heart, there's an eternal nature to us, that there's something about us that will never die. So we can have perpetual joy, perpetual worship, perpetual tabernacling with the, with the Lord in his presence or the other. So if you're here today and this is true of you, then repent. That means turn around, change. Give, give yourself to the Lord. Surrender to him. Live for him. It's a great adventure. 
I signed up a long time ago and I've never regretted it. I've regretted a lot of things in my life. It's not one of my regretted. It's signing up and following Jesus. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and he talked with me and he said, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. I think he's probably, I think he digs this assignment a lot better than the last one, which was the seven plagues. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. Who do we know did that in the Bible? Who took Jesus to a great and high and lofty place? Satan did. Remember what he showed him? He said, look, here's all the powers of the earth. Here's all the, here's all the riches of the earth. It can be yours if you worship me. Look what God does. Look what the angel carries him up to see, to see the the comparison and contrast. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, verse 10, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, Clear as crystal. Now, here's why I think this is important. If this is the view that the angel wants John to see of what it's like in heaven, I believe that's the view God wants us to have here on earth. Because we're commanded to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That says to me, church, that God wants us to look upon cities and look upon peoples and look upon nations as the potential for the beauty that they could be if Christ was exalted and ruling over that place. Nothing less than that kind of a heart for our city of Colorado Springs. I've been to 30 nations of the world. Been in all the major nations of the world. I haven't been to Russia. But, but it is anything but that. And our city's changing. Our city's changing. With the legalization of marijuana, drug cartels are coming in. They're from Cuba, they're from Puerto Rico, they're from Colombia. Because they've got a good front with a legal opportunity to grow pot. And they're buying up houses and they're buying up properties and they're buying up warehouses. We're going to see crime spike. Remember I told you about that little dialogue I had with that guy early on uh, on our vacation? I said to him, because he's big, oh man, legalization of marijuana, it's so cool you guys are doing that. I said, yeah, it's really cool that we have an 11.2% spike in our crime in our state this year. And all the experts, political, secular, whatever, all of them say it's because of legalization of marijuana. The enemy is on the move. That's why I encourage you to vote. Vote righteousness vote righteousness and they say well no political party is righteous that's true but there are some righteous stands there are some righteous laws okay now this next part I'm going to read is also covered just so you might want to jot this down in Ezekiel 40 through 48 so Ezekiel 40 through 48 are the exact same measurements more specific in Ezekiel than here but here's what it says This is pretty cool. This is craziness, these next few verses. 
And she had, and she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. You guys remember that the scriptures tell us that the church is built, the foundation of the church is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. He measures the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are all equal. Then he measured the wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man that is an angel. So this is 1,500 miles. So 1,500 miles per side, and the height and the length the same, this cube, 1,500 miles, would go from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico from Denver to Atlantic City. So that's the measurement coming down from heaven. 300 miles between each gate, 1,500 miles straight up. That's 2,250,000 square miles per side of diamond walls. And you can look through it. It's translucent. 3,375,000,000 cubical miles. Henry Morris says that if we take the entire population of the world since Adam to Noah from the flood to the modern day then into the millennium and say very generously that 80 billion people who have ever lived and add 20 billion more for unborn children and miscarriage so that all of the history of humankind has produced 100 billion people and let's say one-fifth are saved. That means 20 billion people are in the city. With 20 billion people in the city, and we give everyone a mansion, and the flooring of your mansion is 75 acres, and the ceiling is 75 acres. I mean, that's a lot bigger than the Beverly Hillbillies mansion. (laughs) You will have three quarters of the city still left for streams, parks, Hunting, (laughs) biking, rock climbing. I mean, the capacity is incredible, church. This is phenomenal. That's what we're getting. You may not get your mansion or your ranch or your cabin here on earth. You're going to get something way better up there. Can you imagine 75 acres of square footage? And 75 acres square footage going up. Well, what, who cares about what goes up, Steve? Now, remember we got new bodies? Hey, Moses. Can I zoom that way and not hit anything? Sure, go. No jet pack on the back. It's just your body. It's spirit powered. So when you're watching all those hero DC comic book type movies, you'll be able to do that kind of stuff, man. You'll be like, 
Spider-Man of heaven. I don't know. The construction of its wall was of jasper and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardox. The sixth, sardis. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, chrysoprase. The 11th, jacinth, and the 12th, amethyst. And if I mispronounced any of these jewels and gems, don't email me. I'm not interested, okay? (laughs) The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. Can you imagine? There's a gate that's a pearl. I mean, that is one massive clam. Let me just tell you that right now. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So up there, gold is asphalt. (laughs) The Chalcedony was sky blue with yellow streaks running through it. The agate is a variety of Chalcedony characterized by either transparency or color patterns, such as multicolored, curved, or angular banding. Opaque varieties as sometimes referred to as jasper. 500 miles of emerald, which is green. Sardonyx is white with blood red veins running through it. Sardis or ruby would be blood red. 500 miles. Chrysolite, blue and green and gold. Beryl, yellow green to turquoise. Topaz, a beautiful gold. Chrysopasis, green and yellow, jacent, violet blue, a type of quartz, amethyst, purple, and the gates are made out of pearl. One gemologist in LA who studied this passage said this would be too spectacular for the human eye. You would not be able to take it in as our eyes are right now. Now I've had surgery on my eyes so that one of my eyes is for distance and the other's close up so i was at a coffee shop and i was reading and they saw my reading glasses and one of them didn't have any glass in it because that one was the one that i can read up close the other so the other one is adjusted for you understand what i'm saying so this lady sits next to me and she goes do you need some money to buy some new reading glasses <laughs> So our eyes are going to be changed by God. We'll be able to see things that we can't even take in right now. So if this is overwhelming as you read that, what? It's because you're not, you're not able to on this side of heaven. But I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor to it. Its gates shall not be shut all day by day. But then it says there shall be no night there. That's an interesting phrase. It's going to be always day. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations. Isn't that interesting? The glory and the honor of the nations. 
But there shall be by no means entereth anything that defiles or causes an abomination of a lie or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In the Tutankhamun treasure of Egypt, they found in Egypt a seal. A seal was found that is worth as much as the entire world's gold reserves because it's pure gold at least 25 carats they say that if you cut a sliver of this treasure it's translucent you can see right through it and so these pure gems will make things translucent transparent with a beauty that I can't even begin to describe. All I know is that on the amount of configuration, when Jesus shone in his glory, they said it was like lightning and they couldn't look upon it. It was just so bright. This whole thing's going to be so bright that our eyes will have to be adjusted. Be, our new bodies will have eyes that can adjust to this. It's amazing. So we're going to get to heaven, church. We're going to be there and you're going to see your loved ones and you've got this beautiful place where you're going to live. It's going to be new heaven and earth, not like we have it now. And that's what awaits us. So come to Jesus. If you know Jesus, then go deeper with him. Go after him. Drink from the river of the streams of the living water that's available to us every day through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. To connect with us further, visit theroad.org. If you are walking through a difficult time, we want to pray for you. Go to theroad.org, click on the Ministries tab, and go to our prayer page to send us your prayer request. Thanks again for tuning in today, and be sure to listen to the next edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt.